Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded in, you know, a home sweet home, wherever that may be, <laughs> all around the New York City metropolitan area. Um, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com, and you can find us on Twitter at PWComicsWorld. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at PWComicsWorld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes and on uh, Facebook. We're at Facebook.com slash PWComicsWorld. And don't forget, you can leave us a rating, you can give us a thumbs up, you can leave us a letter. Please let us know how we're doing by tap subscribe, tap like, tap notifications. Just, uh, you know, give us some feedback, let us know how we're doing. Talk to us. <laughs> so, this week on More to Come, the comic book shopping experience. A fascinating and very interesting new uh, retailing platform. More to come on that. Um, ah, the comic book industry person of the year. Uh, we're going to take a do a recap of DC Comics, um, Z2 Comics, and TKO Comics take off. So the comic book shopping experience. I don't know a lot about this, um, but it looks fascinating. Yeah, well, this is basically a home shopping network for comics. And now we've mm -hmm. mentioned it here a few times that retail, you know, well, we've been mentioning constantly how comics retailers have had to, uh, you know, rejigger their business models during this pandemic, especially after shutdowns in a number of states and after Diamond uh, sh quit shipping books for about six weeks. And a lot of shops, when this initial breakdown happened, uh, responded, well, not a lot, but quite a few prominent retailers responded by going on Facebook and literally just hawking their books. Mm -hmm. You know, Jen King of Space Cadets in Texas, uh, you know, I adore her. She's a great yes. retailer. Uh, I even watched it a few times in those early days because we were so lost and afraid. <laughs> uh, so I would watch her and she was just, she went into her store by herself, no one else around, and she'd just hold up books and say, I got a near mint copy of, you know, Kiss destroys the world, uh, you know, <laughs> and it's $12. And then people in the comments would be, I'll, I'll take it, you know. So uh, she did this. Jesse James of Jesse James Comics did this. And guess what? It was very successful. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they've been doing it all along, even after their stores reopened, after, um, you know, different the, – the restrictions have, have lightened a bit in, in some of their states. And it's turned out that 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 comics as collectibles have been huge. Uh, retailers have been – making a lot of money doing this hmm. and so comic book shopping experience is kind of the next level of this yeah i'm i'm gonna jump in and say i don't get it that doesn't mean <laughs> i don't think it's a good idea it doesn't mean i disapprove it means i fundamentally don't get it like i can see as a novelty value like when you're feeling very nostalgic for being able to go to the comic shop during lockdown but the rest of the time like if i want to buy a comic online, I'll just buy it online. If I want to buy a comic in the store, I'll buy it in the store. But I'm missing something. I'm missing something. I so, wonder what the missing part is. So I think what you're missing is the involvement of Nick Barucci of Dynamite yeah. Comics and mm -hmm. Dynamic Forces. Now, Nick has been selling comics on literally QVC and the Home Shopping Network and, you know, networks of that kind 
for over 20 years. He has been doing it steady. So he knows this territory very well. And, you know, uh, Kate, I am with you. I do not watch home shopping network. Um, you know, when I see those ads for the, the, the hose, you know, the hose that doesn't kink. I mean, I'm kind of tempted by that. If I had a house, maybe I'd get the hose that doesn't kink. But anyway, you know, like cable TV is full of these, these ads for stuff and maybe they don't appeal to us, but these things make big yeah. money. They really I guess do. Now that I think about it, you know, we, we know there's an audience for this because the home shopping network and QVC exist. Right. And if people like to buy things from videos, then I guess that's a thing some people like to do. And why not comics? Correct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and what Heidi was saying I thought was very interesting, because in the comics retailing feature, uh, you know, at, at PW last year, uh, a number of the retailers talked about FaceTime. I mean, they just, you know, um, I forget the, uh, the, the shopping Chicago. Is it Chicago Comics? Challengers? Or- no, there's another one. It's a real classic uh, from years back. Um, it was a zine uh, shop as well as a comic Chicago shop. Chicago Comics. I think it was Chicago Comics. Uh, and uh, they, they were part of our survey. And she talked about FaceTiming customers. And she people could call her up. And she would basically walk, as you, as you were saying, walk around the store, uh, show them what was new. And, you know, she was she was running a business like that. You know, uh, I mean, I, I can see that a little bit more because I can see like if I haven't been to the store in a little while and I'm like, hey, so I like Star Wars stuff. What's the new Star Wars stuff you have in? Then I can understand like that one on one. Like, I want this. What do you got? What can you tell me about it? It's like when you talk to someone at a counter in the store. In, in a lot of ways, yes. In, in, in a lot of ways, it's it's, vis- it's sort of video hand selling. You know, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and in, yeah. in some way, you could say that same thing about you know the, the home shopping network. I well, mean, no, the, but not really, because on the home shopping network, you don't call the home shopping network and say, "So, what brooms do you have today?" <laughs> home shopping network. <laughs> no, but 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 they but they offer visual uh, presentation of the stuff that they do yes, have, that is true. and they have a wide variety of stuff, uh, and and people like television. <laughs> but uh, I guess. But, there's another aspect to this too, and I think Heidi mentioned it, it, it what Nick Barucci is doing, um, and because they're, they're, if I'm not mistaken, they're, they're they're essentially creating a kind of a comic con around this shopping experience. Yeah, so I'm looking at the as well. Okay, so far we've we've described you know kind of the concept, but how they're actually doing it is a little bit more complicated. I'm actually looking at their their uh, website as we speak because uh, the first time I looked at it. Just had placeholders, but they're well. That's what I when more. I looked at it earlier right, today. I was know. only so thing there like, too. Okay, yeah, well, you know, everybody's doing the best they can during COVID. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. So they are kicking it off with uh, an online convention this weekend that has a lot of people. It has a lot of uh, top line people, uh, and also the website doesn't list them. So okay, if you're listening. <laughs> Comic book uh, shopping experience. Um, I know how it goes. Okay. Well, so, it's a new thing, uh, and I'm yeah. also looking at the YouTube channel too. Yeah, yeah. And so the the expo will be the Saturday through Monday, and uh, they have who do they have lined up? Um, just they have everybody. They have um, Jimmy Palmieri, Amanda Connor, Matt Hawkins, Zach Kaplan. Uh, you know, like tons of tons of guests along those lines: mm-hmm. Ron Lim, Dan Jurgens, Tom Zeller, Tom Mark Begley, Brian Haberlin, Jim Starlin. Okay, you get it. So it's this is call. great, yeah. 
Yes. And so what the concept is, though, of the comic book shopping experience is that it will be – eventually they hope to have 24 hours of programming running mm-hmm. through, I guess, YouTube and Facebook. For now, it's going to be four hours debuting, and, you know, they're going to have these shopping shows. And and again, I I I just to reiterate to me what is the, the, the you know, the key nut graph about all this is that uh, – Jen and Jesse started doing these, you know, selling their, hawking their comics on Facebook live streams back when the pandemic began and they've kept doing it because it makes money. Mm -hmm. So I don't doubt they're, you know, we are very insulated from the collector class of comics fans, but it's big. They have money. They're bored. They're at home. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think this could, and, and everybody, you know, uh, you know, Jen and Jesse are really great retailers, very forward looking. You know, Nick Barucci, I mean, we've interviewed him so many times for, 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 uh, Publishers Weekly. I mean, I'm, you know, he's one of my oldest friends sure. in business. Mm-hmm. He had a little bit of a misstep last year. Uh, we talked it, about it on the show, yep. About what it turned out that he was supporting some Comics Gate affiliated creators. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, I've talked, look, I'll just say this. I've talked to Nick quite a few times. I will say this. He is genuinely sorry he did that. I'm sure he is. Mm. And he is no longer doing that. He understands now that they were, you know, he just, he didn't see, he didn't see how bad they were. He didn't see how bad Comicsgate was. And again, I will say, if you're at a certain level of the industry, uh, not on Twitter all day, you <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. Yeah. it's true. If you're not on Twitter, you don't see it as much, okay? Uh, uh, so, you're absolutely right. Also, even if you're not at a certain level, yeah. if you're just living your life and in your own particular niche, you may not run into these maniacs. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So anyway, look, I'm not I'm not saying, you know, I saw a little bit of pushback against this because of Marucci's involvement. Uh, we'll see, though. I, I doubt that, you know, looking at the guest list, it seems like a lot of people have forgiven him. So, well, uh, and I, I do think he's genuinely contrite. I, I will say that. Yeah. I, I believe that he knows that he what he did was wrong and that he won't do it again. So, you if, know. If everybody in the comic industry who had been friends with a badly behaved misogynist was, was canceled. <laughs> Pretty much the entire comics industry would be canceled because there are enough badly behaved misogynists to go around that, you know, most of us have encountered one or two in our time. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. I, and, and remember now, we're all in for rethinking um, uh, the comics retail experiences. First, because yes. we've had to. And yes. second, because uh, the world, even once the vaccination gets a, a wider distribution, I don't see us going back to a world that's exactly like the one before. It's going to be a hybrid one. I do think <laughs> no one ever went broke coming up with a way for Americans to buy stuff uh, while they're sitting on their couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right. I, so, you know, it may not be for, you know, you and I, but believe me. People will use it. And I'm very, yes, absolutely. And, you know, they've, they've all three have talked about how they want this to be a way to promote comics to a new audience. So they want to market to a different, you know, different comics to a different audience. And you know what? I'm all for it. I'm I'm all, yeah. yeah. I I mean, I don't quite get it for myself, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't have to get everything. If you enjoy QVC or Home Shopping Network and wish there was one for comic stuff, then go to people. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we'll 
see. I mean, it's it's quite ambitious, um, and I think as more stores get involved. But yeah, Calvin, you're 100 right. You know, we are not going back to the way things were. No, and things are going and, yeah. and and that's oh, going to be and, a good thing. <clears throat> and and speaking of of vaccines, listeners, for just one small deviation for point from the point, guys, because I think this is important. I personally just got the first Moderna vaccine last week because of my other job. Um, so if any of you guys are waiting, the person who's saying, you know, I'm going to wait a little while until someone I know get the vaccine and uh, see how they do, I can be your guinea pig. <laughs> uh, so far, I'm one shot in. I'm one week in. And uh, I had a hurdy arm and I felt tired and achy for like a day and a half. And I'm fine. Yeah. So we'll see. There you go. Yeah. That's All great, right. Kate. I'm so glad to hear you got it. There you uh, go. Yeah. So, you know, more to come. More to come in the comic book shopping experience. And uh, we will see uh, where that goes. But um, who was I? You know, I forget. I just my I, I lack stimulation. But uh, just I, I'm sure we've said something along these lines on this podcast before. But in talking to uh, people in the industry, talking to retailers, you know, everybody – has had to up their game and mm-hmm. learn new skills during yeah. this, our, ourselves included. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know how to live stream now to YouTube now. I didn't know how to do that before. <laughs> um, you know, I know more about headset mics than I ever wanted to know. Correct. And, and you know, I was talking to somebody else and, and uh, you know, everybody's like stores have been like, oh, we didn't have a website. Now we have a website. Now we sell comics on the web. You know, so this – to survive, you've had to learn new skills. And guess what? Like you said, Calvin, once this is over and everybody's like Kate and they've got the vaccine and we can do things that we did again in a different way, these new methods are not going no. away. No, yeah. they're, they're, they're just not. And, and uh, I mean, the, the video experience is now such an established – I mean, it was already an established part of our lives. Um, uh, it's been a lifesaver uh, as a, you know – a substitute experience, but I, you know, one thing all of this uh, has shown us, if nothing else, is that we can actually bring more people into this business, into this experience. So right. I, I, we're going to see more of it, even when we can circulate a little more freely. Correct. Um, very true. So anyway, more to come on that. Well, uh, one of the traditions of uh, the year is at the beat. We do the creator survey. We do an annual creator survey. And so we do a creator survey and we also do the, the person of the year, the comics industry person of the year, uh, which is voted on by, uh, people on the beats list of creators. I mean, it's creators, journalists, retailers, mm-hmm. just people in the comics industry, really. Uh, and this year, the, was, we had the first second time winner, Jean Luen Yeah. Was uh, selected. It was a pretty narrow. I've got to be honest. Like sometimes it's pretty obvious who's going to be the winner. Hmm. Uh, you know, like last year it was Dave Pelkey, and you know mm-hmm. he got mentioned by many, many, many. Yeah, people. Yeah, P.W. is a person of the yes, year as well. Yes. Yeah, he was yeah. the person of the year uh, this year. Um, we had uh, it was very close. Uh, coming in second, tied for second was Keith Knight and Jerry Craft, two sure. other people mm-hmm. we talked about quite big a bit. years for them. Year, yeah. yeah, who also had very big years. But um, yeah, I mean Gene Yang. Uh, what can we say? He's the MVP, and he had two great books come out last year. Uh, absolutely, and then of course winning the Newbery Award, really, uh, the, pretty much, you know, one of the most prestigious well, awards 
Oh, Jerry, I'm sorry. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Kraft, yeah. Oh, Jerry, Jerry oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, I yeah, got but, confused. But he had two great books come out, too. But, yeah, I'm saying Gene Yang won, and he had two yeah, great sorry. books come out last, last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I might yes, have said Jerry well, Kraft, to be honest. So. Yeah, I lost track of the which one we're talking about. But Gene had – I mean, both of those books are fabulous. Um, and uh, we did some things on them here at PW. I mean, Dragon Hoops is just a wonderful book. I, I mean, um, uh, even if you don't care a whit about basketball <laughs> – I mean, the way he profiles, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is from the year, uh, I think it was 2015, with the high, when he used to teach in high school. They won the, the state basketball championship, but it's just a great, <coughs> excuse me, look at the multiple, multicultural cast of characters at the school. Yeah, I mean, it's a sports underdog drama, which is, you oh, know, the tropiest great. story of all, but he makes it fresh. And of course, yeah. Superman smashes the clan. Uh, could not be more timely. Yeah, boy, that's <laughs> for sure. Yeah, something uh, that should be under every kid's Christmas tree. Yes, yes, every big kid's Christmas tree. Um, and so, yeah, congratulations to Gene. Uh, like I said, he's he is the greatest, and uh, you know he deserves every single bit of success. And then to Jerry and Keith, and mm. you know there were some other people mentioned. Marie Javens, named editor in chief at DC. Um, you know, Nachi Marshall was on there. Robert Kirkman, James Tiny, and you know everybody we've talked about here. Uh, on the podcast all year. Steve um, Jeppy. He had a big Steve, Steve Jeppy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Steve Jeppy. And then um, uh, we had the creator survey. And, the you know, there was some real it, – it's up on the beat. If you, you look, it's up on the front page. And, it, you know, if you want to get some really heartfelt messages from the creative community, people talked about, you know, what changed in their lives or what they learned in 2020. And there's some pretty heartfelt messages there. And I'll tell you, I ask people every year what uh, guilty pleasure they're looking forward to. In the next year, and this year, this was the overwhelming uh, I, I wish. I'd say nine out of ten people were like, "I can't wait to go to a con again." Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know that in some ways that what would be because I went through and picked out some of my favorite uh, favorites, and, uh, and uh, some of them for the biggest, what would be the biggest story in twenty twenty one were were very similar. I mean, in some ways that was like, you know. The conventions come back, you know, mm-hmm. I can, you know, I can hug somebody. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, also a big yeah. one. Um, We're all there. Uh, well, actually, one of the ones that I really liked quite a bit, I think, isn't he one of the, one of the Beats uh, contributors, Brandon Schatz? Yes, he's a retailer. Yeah, yes. retailer. Uh, I just thought he, he gave a real, I, I just thought he brought Marvel into the discussion. The, distri- the distribution discussion, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Because, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. you know, I had, yes, we've been talking about DC and what's going to happen with DC, and, but, you know, in our talk with Brian Hibbs, I mean, there was some, like, where is Marvel in all of this? So, the I thought Marvel that was. Marvel seems to just be staying the course. <laughs> and, and I, and if I may bring up, uh, Chris Riles, uh, what will be the, uh, what was the biggest story of 2020? He's like, me. You know, yeah, again. You know, you, you know, I specifically ask people not to say that, but they do it anyway. And you know, I just, I figure, I figure we're allowed. We're allowed. In in 2020 was such a hellscape that people are allowed to to flout their own projects. So, well, Chris, it, this time you got away with it, but never again. I yeah, uh, I, I just thought it was. Uh, I thought it was self deprecating, and you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, this, anything can bring a smile in, in the past year that we've gone through. So, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Nothing but love, Chris. That's all. That's all I'm bringing up. It's all love. <laughs> believe me. I kid because I care. That's all right. true. 
All right. Uh, okay. So, uh, shall we segue to DC? Uh, I guess so. If that's, that's the segue, sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's as best I can do in this, you know, in this you know, calamitous you know, year. This is a, the segue. This is why I usually do the segues. It's like, well, you know, looking back last year, one of the big stories was DC. And, you know, Rob Salkowitz, <laughs> our writer, had a story about that in uh, The Fanatic, didn't he, Calvin? He sure did. And, you know, that was a great segue, Heidi. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's why we call you the beat. Uh, so yes, so, um, you know, Rob Salkowitz, uh, friend of the show, terrific, uh, journalist, you know, he dug into, uh, <laughs> the, the, the developments at DC. I mean, we've talked about it here on the show. Um, his story is, is pretty much the same. He started with, uh, uh, the Dead Deal leaving. Uh, as really the beginning of a, really a lot of major events. I mean, I'm not going to go through them methodically all at the same time, but let me, um, I do want to take a look at, and maybe uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, I mean, the story was essentially about um, the DC's legacy, DC's brand is his history. Um, and, you know, that's, that we, we, we've just lost a huge chunk of that, uh, he, and he kind of um, a little bit talked about um, what DC means to this industry. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Um, excuse me for this. I need to look at something just to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, well, you know, look, yeah, yeah. while you're looking that up, um, I don't know if you're doing it tomorrow, but you know they're doing a a walkthrough of the DC Infinite comics um, oh really app. i didn't know i didn't know yeah it. yeah so which i'm getting which you know was interesting that they invited me yeah. but uh anyway you know listen i think rob did a really great job and, and everybody yeah. you know yeah. the creator survey as well we're all a little you know grim about dc or you know feeling a little a little blue about it but um i'll say this uh i, I you know there's been so many developments i wrote a big story i'm not sure if we talked i guess we did talk about it last time you know memory is a, f- a f- fungible thing um i didn't use fungible <laughs> correctly that is not the correct use uh, yeah, well but no, memory is no. memory yes. is fungible it, it yes moves. it is fungible but that isn't the word i meant yeah. so um but anyway <laughs> now i don't know what i was going to say because i'm so interested in fungible but um, well oh, i know that at&t is so fungibled up that DC is just a symptom. It is not the main story. Well, I, I, you know, as uh, Rob and I went back and forth over this story because I edited it for him and we talked about it a great deal. Um, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, we, we sort of touched on and, and, and that I kind of realized that, you know, uh, AT&T's got a, a lot bigger issues on his mind than DC Comics. Um, still and all, uh, what DC means to this industry uh, is going to get fuzzier and fuzzier. As as Rob puts it in, DC essentially invented the superhero genre. At every step of the development in this industry, it's kind of been there. Um, and it, it, its future going forward is very cloudy. Even in the um, the Beats uh, year-end survey, I mean, this came up all over and over again. What does this mean to the direct market? What does this mean for American comics? Um, uh, And, uh, I mean, you know, Rob ended the story 
in a kind of a matter-of-fact ways. I mean, DC's value now seems to be as a, a licensor of some very very famous comics characters and logos. Uh, they publish print comics that sell pretty well. They've got a book publishing program that's that's growing like gangbusters. Um, uh, but as he put it, uh, the past, as far as AT&T may be concerned, is history. And that's too bad because a lot of – for a lot of longtime fans, the past is what makes DC DC. Right. Well, I mean, and it's not – it's not just the past, it's the continuity with the past. Yeah. DC's back is, just isn't going anywhere, but it's, it's building on all that history and using it to move forward in a continuous, contiguous, related way where it feels like it's all part of a world view, even if, even if it's different universes and timelines or whatever, it still feels like it's part of the same heart. You know, that it, it, it's got a core. It's got a, it feels alive. It does. And I mean, I've said this every time I write about it. It's, it's like, you know, what enrages me about all of this stuff at AT&T is that they, they, you know, Jason Kylar is always talking about, oh, the fan, the customers first, the customers first. It's like, well, you've got customers for DC. <laughs> yeah. You have a passionately engaged fan base that most brands would kill for. And you just, you know, pooped all over it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now, but, you know, look, I, I want to say there's a couple things. First yeah. off, you know, Future State did debut uh, this week, last week, okay? Sure. Mm-hmm. And now, none of us have seen it. Uh, uh, DC did take me off their digital comp list. Okay, that's great. Uh, thanks. And uh, you guys haven't seen it. Uh, you know, nobody's been to a comic shop, but it's doing quite well. <laughs> like the, 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 especially Tim Fox, the next Batman, you know, this is the first black Batman written by John Ridley. This has gone back to press. They're doing a new series based on it. So this character is here to stay. You know, uh, you can tell that, that he's part of the DCU. Whatever the DCU survives, you know, Tim Fox is going to be a new player in it, right? Um, so there is some hope there. And, you know, we have this item on farther down the line, but uh, I'm going to bring it up now. Uh, you know, the MCU is coming back tomorrow. Well, as you listen to this, it actually will mm-hmm. be available. WandaVision. Finally, for the first time yeah. in 18 months, we will have some new Marvel Cinematic Universe content to look at to talk about to obsess over and supposedly WandaVision is very different and Kevin Feige has been talking about in the press he makes it very clear that he was inspired by the Gabriel Walter Tom King Vision miniseries which Marvel Uh watched though just to tie in a couple different things that we just talked about um you know first off I don't see Marvel promoting that at all which is interesting Mm. there I don't Mm. know maybe they have but um you know, uh, I haven't seen them promoting mm-hmm. it. Now, I just I've seen checked it front and center in comic book stores. Okay. But that may be the comic book store taking comic. initiative. Of course they are. Now, I don't, I don't know. I'm actually going to ask around because this is a pretty freaking clear tie-in. Even though the story of WandaVision is completely different from the vision, but so, uh, maybe that's why they're not promoting it. But uh, I just looked at Amazon. There's no bump for the vision there yet. I bet you one tomorrow afternoon if I look, you're going to see a lot more sales for it. I think there's got to, yeah. yeah, there's got to be a bump. Yeah, even if one isn't the exact same storyline as the other, it's a pretty clear. If you like this, you might want that. 
Right. And I would like to, the, the other reason why I bring it up is, again, over the holiday, I rewatched the, well, I didn't watch all 21 movies, 22 movies, but I watched uh, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, a little <laughs> marathon. And, you know, this is based on a comic book. It's based yeah. on Jim Starlin's Infinity Gauntlet. He's sure. the guy who came up with Thanos and the Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones. And all of that. And I'm sure Kevin Feige, that who heads up the Marvel Studios, would be the first to say without Jim Starlin and his little comics, they wouldn't have the sure. Infinity Saga. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, it's very clear for Marvel that these comics that people are paid 200 bucks a page for, are they're still being mined. You know, they've announced 20 projects for DC Plus, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Disney Plus, pardon me, and... You know, Marvel MCU for the movies, and they're all taken from the comics. Okay, every single one of them has. You know, next one is Captain America and the Winter Soldier, a Winter Soldier invented by Ed Brubaker. Yep. He came up with that concept, and also the Falcon as Captain America. That is from the comics. It's directly mm-hmm, yeah. from the comics. Yeah. Okay? So DC, AT and T. If you're listening. Because I know y'all listen. It's like, don't do away with this cheap R&D. It's just the dumbest possible thing. But I am convinced AT&T doesn't give a crap about content, and that's why their DC is under their heel. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's very odd because, I mean, the the things that that we see happening in DC's um, distribution chain, we see it happening in in their movie thing. It's just very bizarre. Um. Uh, it's just kind of hard to know how to respond to that. So, I mean, part of it is, I think, I think it's that they don't even really get the movies. They, I mean, if you just look at the way a lot of Warner Brothers executives have treated the comic book movies and have stumbled here and there, it's because there's not, there's not a real deep belief or understanding in the properties. You're correct. And I mean, you are all correct. people from DC try to champion it, and I, I'm not putting down DC at all. It's like the other side, the, the network side, the studio side, frequently doesn't get it. Well, I mean, it's no secret that the DC movies have had their challenges. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying that I think their challenges have to do with the fact that they're at a studio that doesn't can't be bothered to read the comics. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> oh, yeah, you nailed it, Kate. I, I have no no response to that because you nailed it. Right. But I've been told. By the way, I've been told that by numerous insiders. So you're you're hundred percent correct. There you go. Uh. Oh well then. Well, you know, in, in a year where uh, we we need to know uh, it, it, where there, there's going to be new visions of the industry, I think even in the uh, the comic book industry survey at the end of the year, a number of the people uh, uh, that you talked with, Heidi, talked quite a bit about um, uh, rethinking the comics business, uh, think, rethinking not only how we sell comics but how we how we publish comics. And you know, there's a couple of companies on the uh, on the horizon, and we're rel- relatively new companies. Uh, and by that, I mean something like someone like Z2 Comics and TKO, who do have kind of a different vision uh, and seem to be having some success. I'm trying to improve my segues. That was beautiful, Calvin. That was beautiful. You did an amazing. That was you did it. It was great. That's how you do it. That's well, how you do it. 
You know I love approval from you, Heidi. So there. So at any event, uh, certainly I'm one just, of the. I was just listening. I was just listening. <laughs> I, I wasn't like even. I wasn't even aware you were doing a segue. I there was just you listening. go. Yeah, and you know every I, now and then I can get it right. Yeah. But um, uh, <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of the things that I think, and I and I think this this is kind of. Uh, Really a feel good story in the industry of a, of, a, of a small publishers who are becoming bigger publishers and Z2 Comics, um, uh, uh, overseen by its two principals, Josh Frankel and Shredder Reddy. Uh, I mean, they've added a bunch of employees. I think they're going to put out somewhere around 40 or 50 books in the next year. They focus their comics publishing program on books around music and musicians. And it's just been extraordinary. And, and frank, frankly, one of my – one of the books that I think is one of the best books of the year, um, Chasing the Bird, uh, an extraordinary history of Charlie Parker published by Z2 Comics. But they but just – You're not alone. A lot of – that book made a lot of best of lists. I think it's, it's – I really do think it's one of the best books of, of, uh, of 2020, uh, hands down. Um, um, and David Chisholm uh, is the writer-artist uh, who happens to be a musician – and uh, um, he's a musician, a comics artist, and a jazz academic. I mean, talk about a unicorn. Uh, in, in any event, um, Z2 Comics really is just exploding. They're hiring. I mean, I mean the name – some of the names that I'm seeing here are really uh, impressive. Uh, Chris Robinson, um, ex-Marvel editor, joined the team. Uh, I mean, uh, Jeremy Atkins uh, – uh, publicity dude extraordinaire uh, kind of jumped on board uh, a few months ago, but uh, the, the, the names are familiar to everyone here. Rance Hosley, Anthony Loletta, um, who else am I leaving out here? Kevin Meek um, <clears throat> uh, will be chief financial auditor and, uh, and, uh, and general counsel. Uh, the list goes on. Tyler Boss. Well, yeah, they were, yeah, Tyler Boss has been designing their books. But yeah, they really ramped up. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, look, Calvin, let's face it. You and I have known Josh since he was a teenager. So, you know, we have a little Josh Frankel, the, the main instigator of Z2, and, uh, we watched him grow up. And guess what? He's done good. He's done he, really well. He done, done good. Really meet him as a teenager, guys. Well, he was just hanging around. He was put, you know, I mean, the first thing he ever published right out of college, uh, um, was a Harvey P. Carr, um, Cleveland, a yeah. hardcover. I mean, he was, even while he was in college, he was bringing people, and I forget where he went to school. He was bringing well-known people to, to campus, um, to do presentations and, and talks. Um, and it just seems like that this is what he always wanted to do. And, uh, it's funny. I actually put together a panel <clears throat> with him at, at South by, you know, many years ago, uh, when there was a South by and, um, brought him down there early on. But at every step of the way, we've just seen him grow and add, uh, both as a businessman, uh, and I just think a, uh, a, a shrewd observer of the comics market, uh, to find a niche for himself. And he's done it. <clears throat> and now, yeah, go on. So you also talked to TKO, correct, Kelvin? I did. Now we did a, uh, a when when uh, this is a a very interesting publishing uh, comics publishing new venture with a there you know its own idea of how to publish comics. They launched in uh, early 2019. I think I did a, uh, a I did I think I did a podcast interview with Z Chun, one of the um, the co-founders. Uh, the other co-founder being uh, Salvatore uh, Simeon. 
And basically, they created um, – their publishing program is essentially a bingeable form of comics. Every every series they do is are completed stories, and you can buy it in any format you want. Uh, you can buy it as individual comics periodicals in a box set. You can buy uh, trade oversight uh, trade paperback. That's the other thing that uh, all of their public all their print publications are kind of oversized, so you get a kind of a a collector's edition feel to it, uh, or digital. Um, and on top of that, so uh, uh, th- their original launch was really aimed kind of solely at the direct market. They really didn't have plans for book, but they have ramped it up in big time. Uh, they've signed on for book distribution. Um, with, uh, PGW, uh, which is part of, uh, Ingram Publishing Services, but it's their West Coast. They're based in LA. Uh, Z Chun is based in, in, uh, LA. And he's also, what's interesting is there, uh, it, it really is the combination of talents they have. Z Chun is a veteran TV show runner, uh, director, producer, writer. Um, he's been on the shows of some popular, TV shows, uh, they escape me at the moment, so I apologize. Well, he's, uh, he's on, um, Gotham. Gotham, yes, yeah. Uh, he's a straight up real time comics lover. Uh, what they do, what they, what they publish is, uh, basically genre comics, as you put it, with a twist. And they've got some really interesting comics. But now they're really going in big on the book, into the book trade, as well as into the direct market. Uh, they don't, they have bypass diamond uh from the very beginning they do their own distribution uh they have uh stores are signing up and now they really are poised to produce works uh, and get them into the book trade and on top of that they've you know obviously uh, z has um connections with hollywood he's a veteran hollywood uh, uh person uh they've signed on with the uh, uh, the production house of Macro. And, uh, oh, the other thing I should say about TKO, from the very beginning, they've had an outstanding roster of creators. Um, uh, you know, Garth Ennis, uh, Jeff Lemire, Roxanne Gay. Um, uh, so, and indeed, the, their first movie production development deal will be to turn uh, the banks, which is a graphic novel they published uh, and I believe it was in 2020, uh, about a black, uh, family in Chicago, uh, black crime family in Chicago. It, that, that's gonna be the first pro- project that they're looking to develop into, um, into a, to a feature film. You know, we've seen these little boutique publishers, and, you know, we've mentioned them, and there's mm-hmm. quite a few more. I mean, there's AWA, and, you know, there's Bad Idea, which is coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's some I can't even remember. There's so many. But, um, anyway, and, uh, you know, we haven't seen Attrition yet. No. Uh, because there just seems to be room. And, and, you know, all of them, none of them, uh, are saying we live and die by the direct sales market. And, no, they are uh, not. <laughs> well, Bad ideas. Yes, that's true. Bad but ideas. They're doing it at their own crazy. Yes, way, they're doing so. it in a crazy way. And, and actually, I, I think they're due name. for. I think they're due for an update too, because I, I've sort of lost track. But they've expanded the range of stores that they, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so there's much more to come. TKO is uh, uh, stepping into prose novels, uh, illustrated prose. Uh, so you know, um, uh, so they're doing short stories. Uh, they're real big on horror, so that's coming up too. They really want to expand what they're doing in horror. 
And uh, I, I do think that this is like an exciting development. And on top of it all, I mean, Z Chung and um, and uh, Salvatore Simeon, they are also TKO authors and writers. So they're on the TKO list writing. So, and I've read one. I've read uh, Z's The Seven Deadly Sins, which is a pretty is a pretty good and beautifully illustrated story um, about a black outlaw in the old west who puts together a motley crew uh, who on a, a quest for redemption. So uh, they, yeah, it, it, it's, it's pulp genre uh, with a twist. So well, well, more to good, come, you know? more to come on yeah. both of these publishers. I'm, I, I have to say pulp genre with a twist is that makes my ears perk up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you know what? I, I should say all things go to their website. Every comic they publish have they have a nice chunk of an ex- excerpt right there for you if you want to sample it right away. So you, know, you can take a look see for yourself. And um, something that I just want to quick throw in for listeners is uh, if you want a chunk of something that a lot of people love reading comic wise at a very low price. Um, Attack on Titan is coming to an end very soon, and they have an official bundle of manga on Humble Bundle right now at a very, very low price. Pay what you will. So if you wanted to get into it, but you were like, I don't have the money, now might be your time. Humble Bundle, you can get a big, big deal for it, really. You can get Uh, hundreds of comics for a, 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 a pittance. And, it, and then it goes to uh, charity. So yes, it goes it, to yeah, absolutely. Good, uh, Very good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we have one more little topic. And, you know, listeners, uh, we know what's going on in the world. Obviously, uh, you know, this isn't a political podcast, but uh, people, you know, we're all a little drained. Uh, but I got to say, there's one comics hero that kind of stood up a little bit and came back and uh, given – you know, the shocking assault on our capital that we saw last week by domestic terrorists. And sadly, a lot of them were not a lot, but it's quite common among these kind of domestic terrorists that they, the Punisher, they, they love the Punisher. And also some were seen wearing uh, Captain America insignia. And, um, you know, we know that Captain America co-creators, uh, Joe, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, uh, they were both Jewish Americans. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't, they, you know, they didn't like Nazis. In fact, Jack Kirby went off, uh, you know, like most people's generation did. He went to Europe and fought Nazis. Yeah, he and, saw combat. Probably killed some Nazis in, uh, you yeah. know, in defense of our great nation. And uh, anyway, his son, you know, Jack has passed. He's left us, but uh, his son Neil uh, made a statement that was uh, sent out by Jake Tapper of CNN, just saying, uh, you know, that Captain America does not stand with this and his father yeah. would have been appalled to see this happening and so are we <laughs> yeah no absolutely i mean yeah. uh yeah i think um uh jack kirby if if anybody stood for punching nazis i think jack kirby has there's some sort of anecdote about him punch, yes. punching nazis uh so yeah i mean so people just Put it down. Yeah, it down. you know, t- it's not. You know. It's not for you. Yeah, just it, leave it alone. We don't, yeah, yeah, leave it alone. Yeah. And you know, just a, another quote. Uh, they did ask uh, Garth Ennis uh, what he thought of uh, the, you know, the Punisher. I mean, he's written a really well-known, uh, some of the best Punisher comics ever, and he said, 
I've said this before a couple of times that nobody actually wants to be the Punisher, he said. Nobody wants to pull three tours of duty in a combat zone with the last one going catastrophically wrong, come home with a head full of broken glass, see their family's machine gun into bloody awful in front of their eyes, and then dedicate the rest of their lives to cold, bleak, heartless laughter. The people wearing the logo in this context, they're kidding themselves, just like the police officers. Uh, anyway, uh, then he said, they, they thought, he says they're half-wits, and uh, anyway, that's what he says. Uh, don't be the Punisher. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and furthermore, um, you know, also Jerry Conway, not mm-hmm. not a fan of um, what Punisher has been used for. Um, famously uh, did a Black Lives Matter Skulls for Justice campaign. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, you know, various artists were commissioned to make, um, you know, Punisher skulls, <laughs> you know, tr- in favor of and um, defending various different things that uh, fascists don't like. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I have one thing to say. How come these people never make their own comics? <laughs> oh no they do they're just usually very bad and no one reads them well like that's the thing it's funny you know they stole peppy the frog yeah uh you know and then uh, obviously the punisher they adapted i mean i get that the punisher there, there are no shortage of truly truly terrible comics written by racists it's just that no one wants to publish them isn't that funny <laughs> well is that funny <laughs> I don't think it's very surprising. There you go. Sarcastic, yeah. Well, good, yeah. Anyway. Well, you know. Leave it. Yep. One more thing here, I think, uh, at the end of this uh, show, uh, I think we neglected to mention that it's sort of the end of an era at DC Comics in one other way. Um, Paul Paul Levitt. Um, uh, I mean, uh, Paul Levitt has pretty much done everything at at DC Comics, uh, including uh, being its president and publisher for a number of years. But he is uh, he's going off the payroll after what forty seven years on staff. Um, His entire adult life, uh, pretty much. I did. I think he he started as a teenager, if I'm not mistaken, or Correct. very yeah. He was like yeah. thirteen years old, or very so. young guy. Yeah, uh, sixteen, sixteen. Uh, yeah. As he says, he will continue to do freelance assignments, but um, uh, he's going off of the payroll and. Uh, you know, just for myself, uh, uh, Paul Levitz, when he was running DC Comics, uh, was instrumental in my ability to write about comics at Publishers Weekly. Uh, when, when I started there, uh, um, and they saw the kinds of stories that I wanted to do about comics publishing in the book trade, uh, let's be for real, he bought ads in every one of them. It, it, it gave me support. It backed me up. It made my uh, editor say, "Oh, you know, maybe this, maybe this comics thing uh, uh, in the book trade is worth something." So, uh, I, I'm feeling a little sentimental too. Obviously, uh, Paul will be doing things at DC, I'm sure, forever. But uh, you know, it, it's a good time to just sort of, uh, you know, send out a, a shout out uh, to Paul Levitz for uh, you know his work in the comics industry. Yeah, I mean, this kind of reminds me of Lois Wu Master Bujold's, the uh, science fiction author's quote-unquote retirement, by which uh-huh. she meant, I'm going to continue to write science fiction novels, but now I'll just write whatever I want and not worry about money, because I've 
made enough money to retire on and I'm old enough to retire. So I'll just do what I feel like doing. Yeah, that's exactly what Paul's going to do. You know, Paul was my boss for a few years. Uh, and, uh, we definitely butted heads. Uh, I'm sure he'd be, uh, you know. I am shocked, Heidi. I am shocked. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? I, I, I mean, he's a great person. We're, we're good friends now and, um, remain friends. And, uh, you know, he was raw. I was, I look, I lost some. He lost some. And when he lost them, he admitted it. So, yeah. you know what? That's a big man. There it you takes go. A, yes. A real, uh, leader and to admit when you're wrong. So, you know, and yeah, props to Paul. He's, he'll be here for many years to come, yeah. I hope. All right. All right. So. Yeah, I think that's it. So, look, listeners, uh, we are still awaiting, um, Kate to see Wonder Woman 84. And <laughs> she does. We, she's been, uh, uh, you know, fate has conspired to prevent her from watching it. But once she does, we will talk about it. Hopefully yeah. next time yeah. we gather. Sorry, and, listeners. I was a little too shell shocked. Um, but I think it's time. I think it's well, time to watch some Wonder Woman. I will say it might give you flashbacks. Just warning. Yeah, it's all in DC. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah, just be warned about that. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's def- yeah. it's worth seeing. I'll say that. Yeah, uh, more to come. More to come. Seeing, more yes. to come. But we we but will talk about it. It'll give me a chance to look at it again to see it again. Don't forget again, uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, yeah. give the podcast the kind of love and feedback that you would give to any other podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, or more, or better. Or yes, exactly. Or so. better. Get more. Urgent, urgent. In fact, the minute you stop listening, do it now. Don't even stop listening. Yes, that's We're right. Talking. Okay, I want you to go to iTunes, do it. I will say that iTunes, if you scroll down on your little podcast app, listeners, you scroll down and you'll see a bunch of little stars and you just click on how many stars you like. So even if you don't want to write something, you know, just click however many stars you think we deserve and we'll call it good. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Awesome. Oh, all right. On that note, <laughs> there will be more to come. And I am turning on my recorder. Commence recording. And mine is thinking about it. And I'll let you know when it initializes. Initialize. Yeah. My God, the cats are going insane. Lucy is <laughs> either, behind me. Either we're doing a podcast we're about to, you know, blast off for the final frontier. <laughs> Initiate. <laughs> Initiate the sequence. <laughs> okay. All right. Three, two, one. Go.